We are back with the 10th episode of the Hubscale podcast, where we dive into the minds of leaders within the security world. This week, we have Willem Hendricks, who is the Chief Revenue Officer at Vector AI, a leader in threat detection and response. He has spent some time in leadership roles at EMC, Riverbed, Alcatel, before transitioning to Vector three years ago. Willem, it's great to have you on. It was great, uh, great to be with you, man. So good morning. <laughs> good morning, indeed. Uh, so I guess uh, just everybody who doesn't know you or doesn't know Vectra, it'd be great to have a quick introduction to yourself and, and the team. Sure. Um, I'm Willem Hendricks. I'm, uh, I'm Belgium. Uh, I basically you know, started my career as a rep at Xerox. I went to uh, PTC where I started as a rep and ended up as a senior vice president Europe North. Spent 10 years with EMC, starting to be starting from a country manager in the Netherlands, and I ended up to be running global channels as an SVP for, for EMC, which was my first real global job. And then, as you said, I, I also worked for Riverbed. I was present for Alcatelucent, running a $4 billion company. Um, then basically, I, I built my own. And now with three years, I'm actually with Vectra. Vectra AI is a cybersecurity company, pre-IPO based in San Jose, California. Um, we have about 1,000 1, customers and we're growing very, very fast. And I think the reason why we're growing is we really solve business problems for our customers. Um, you know, we have the best attack signal intelligence out there, which basically means we can actually drive efficiency, you know, during, um, you know, during the SOC operations for our customers. But more importantly, I think we erase what we call the unknown. Um, you know, just that, so you know, 75% of the, you know, people out there, they don't even know they're breached today. Right. And that's because they don't know. And so what we do with our AI detection models, we attack, we actually find find the attacker and we erase the unknown in four attack surfaces, which is one, the network, that's where we originally started, but also in the public cloud, the SaaS of Office 365, and also identity. And we have 600 people in the organization who work very hard to keep our customers safe and make this world, I would say, a fairer and safer place because that's what we do. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. And uh, you can tell the passion as well about Vector and, and your journey. And I've seen you transition, obviously, from the VP of International into the CRO position this year. Um, obviously, mm -hmm. we're going to dive into a lot of topics today about uh, multiple things. But I guess just staying on the Vector topic for now, then, um, you guys are hiring uh, crazy. Well, not crazy, but kind of what we were talking about before. But your your journey into the next year, how does 23 look like to you? No, 23 is, is uh, you know, is very exciting for us, right? I mean, uh, you know, the, of course, uh, the world has been changed a little bit and we all have like some financial pressure and uh, and we don't know really what's uh, what's going to happen. But that being said, I think, um, you know, we're we're looking still to to do our particular growth. Um, you know, we we see really market picking and picking up um, and it doesn't stop. I mean, as, as long as you solve business problems for your customers and, and security is, is one of those particular areas where com companies continue to invest in. And so for us, you know, it's it's very much, you know, uh, an extension of 2022 is, is keeping that growth up, uh, hiring the right people uh, and making sure that we're obsessed and focused on our customer. And that's that's what we need to do. So, you know, we're, we're, we're looking forward to 2023. Uh, I know that a lot of companies out there has been, you know, suffering after we lay off people. And I feel very, very sad to, to see that. But uh, but also for us, it's actually the contrary. We're actually looking to hire, you know, more reps. Um, it's probably because we didn't hover hired, you know, last year that we're in that situation. Um, but yeah, we can we continue to grow. That's for sure. 
Yeah, no, awesome. And so talk to me a little bit about that there. You mentioned, obviously, you haven't overgrown over the past two years. How is that going to affect you in terms of your your kind of growth last couple of years and then heading into next year? How has that transition helped you out? Well, I, I, think, I think the first thing, right, I mean, is to make sure that you have your basics right. Um, and, and what I mean by that is that what I've seen is companies really hiring when the productivity is not there. And yep. so when you hire and hire and there's no productivity, you don't build a winning culture. And so the most important thing, I think, for every company out there is to make sure you have a winning culture that salespeople and everyone feels that they, they are winning, they can make money, but also they're adding value to their customer. And so, you know, once you have the productivity up and running and people are overachieving and people know that they can not only, you know, make money because they also can add value to their to their customer, then you have like a foundation for growth. And then by adding more people, you know, it's it's easier because there's a mechanism for them to be successful. I mean, I've seen a lot of companies just hiring people without any infrastructure around that, without enough SE support, without enough marketing. And that's actually up to us, right, as management to make sure that we don't do that and we help, you know, those particular salespeople to come in so that it can be successful. It's too easy, in my opinion, to say, oh, sales, sales rep, you're bad. We're going to take another one. And unfortunately, that's been part of our industry too much. And it's up to us to make sure that people stay and be successful and be happy because that's the only journey that counts, right? So that's our job. For sure. For sure. And I, I love the way you explained it there. And just diving into one of the points you mentioned there about creating a win- winning culture. How can you create a winning culture in your kind of aspects? I mean, for the first thing you need to make, you know, you need to make sure of is that, of course, you uh, you add value to the to the to the customer, right? And by adding to the customer, adding value to the customer, you uh, you get you get deals. And so, you know, it is it is it is very very important that you create like this one team approach where everyone feels that they are winning, that you put the targets correctly, that they are not too high but they are achievable, and that people can make you know can overachieve. I got people today here who does four hundred percent, three hundred percent, two hundred percent. You know, that was not the case two, three years ago. And, you know, having people that are very successful and having those people actually talking to other people in the company, why they are successful and sharing those those big practices creates that environment of winning. And and that's at the end of the day what, what, what matters. And also customer feels that, right? Because, I mean, customers today, they want to make sure that, that they are not only buy technology, they also want to make sure they buy technology from a company that stays there and will remain there for the future. And that are also, you know, and, and that that I think is 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 super important. And because when you hire people, when you hire the people, you need to make sure you hire the right people. But the problem is if you have no winning culture, those people will not be successful. When you hire the right people within a winning culture, the people will be successful and they will feel the passion. And that passion will be transcended to the customer and the customer will feel that. And, you know, that's what we need. That's, that's, that's how it works. Yeah, no, no. I think you said you've hit a really, a really key point there about having and built everything up before kind of hiring the people as well. Because I've seen companies who have had no infrastructure, but just piling reps into the, into the business. And it's, uh, it's not a, it's not a good site especially right now as well, heading into 2023. Um, so, Willem, I want to switch it back to a little bit more about yourself. I'm, I'm very intrigued by your career. Obviously, $4 billion Alcatel you was looking after. Um, but the more interesting one is stepping from the international position into the CRO role. So I've got a lot of people within my network who watch this podcast and who 
are just about ready to go into the first CRO role. But they're sometimes, obviously, nobody really knows what to do in them positions unless you've got a mentor or anything like that as well. But it'd be great to understand what's it like transitioning into that position. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the first thing, of course, I, I've I've had the luck to to be already in a global position before, and I, you know, that helped me. I mean, I I made a lot of mistakes, and you also learn from those particular mistakes at that moment in time, honestly. Uh, but secondly, you know, um, I mean, the good news is when you do international and you're very successful, you know the company already. It's not like it's new. Then that transition is way more easier. I think it's way more harder when you're just starting a company and you go you go CRO from an international to CRO without being, you know, successful in your in your current position, right? It needs to be something that is natural, being seen natural by the board, natural by the CEO, and by all the people that work for you. And so that's 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 automatically, I think, what 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 happened is that it was a very natural, you know, uh, transition which helped me because I got the support from a, um, you know, the management, but more important, I think, you know, the support from, from the people that, uh, that works, you know, works for me. Um, and that drives you, right. It's that, uh, that passion to make sure you're successful, but knowing that you do it, you know, together and you know, you do it for the people that work for you, you know, that, that, that is important. So, but it is not easy. It is not easy because it is a mindset. It's a shift, right it's a bigger job it's bigger responsibility and um but but it's but it's doable when you get the right support and the right infrastructure you know with you yeah for sure and then um, just touching on that obviously um just to kind of dive into it a little bit more what are the key things to take away from stepping up into that role you mentioned obviously if you're stepping from an international role to the cro gig and um, the transition and maybe going to the company earlier but What's the real key takeaways from obviously diving into that role straight away and having that global responsibility like back at EMC back in uh, two, 10 years ago? Well, I mean, as I said, uh, you know, things change, right? You do, you, you're not only on a, on a European level, you're also on, on a global level, plus you have more responsibility. If you know, look at my, my overall job, it's not only sales, I'm actually running every sales still actually till support. So you have an extension. So it's very, very important that you get surrounded by yourself, by great people who are very knowledgeable about, for example, the support, about customer success, and that you actually create a team that 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 helps actually the field to be successful. That's number one. And secondly, you know, it is it is one of those particular things to make sure that you actually standardize your process of going to market, um, you know, across across the globe. Um, but the good news, I think, by having international experience, you know how the world works, right? I mean, I, you, nobody needs to tell me how Japan works or APJ works or Europe works. I know exactly how it works. And, and putting myself in those particular you know, shoes of those particular people helps me to understand their day-to-day -day problems and, and solve them as well. And so there's advantages of being coming from an international, I, I would say, you know, uh, to a global role as well because you understand that not everyone is one size fits all. Yeah, for sure. Especially, um, I've always I've always thought about that, actually, because if you look at the APJ market, you've got multiple different regions, multiple different cultures. Um, I wonder why some companies don't promote international into CRO more, because from a hiring standpoint, sometimes you just want somebody in the US who's a CRO who's been there and done it before, but that other way could actually really benefit, benefit the business for sure. Awesome. 
But but again, I mean, let's be honest, right? I mean, the big the big bulk of the business is U.S., right? Yeah. It's it's always like that, so it's very normal that this is a, this is the situation. And it's just it, again, I think it's just a balancing a balancing act, you know. And every company needs to decide on, you know, what's best, you know, for them at that moment in time. And so, uh, but we should not forget that U.S. is a is, a, is is for every every company tech company out there the biggest the biggest market and the biggest focus market as well. Yeah, for sure. That sounds fantastic. So I guess just diving into hiring and attracting talent to Vectra. And of course, you've been in leadership positions for for most of your career, but it'd be great to understand how you go around attracting and hiring the best sales talent. You mentioned a little bit there about obviously creating that momentum and and kind of firing the sales reps up to to doing crazy things 400%. But how can you really attract people to the business? Um, You know, Hiring is um is a day-to-day job, right? So I can tell you today, I can tell you my job, I'm hiring every single day, you know, and that is I'm reaching out to people every single day. And I want my my managers to 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 do that the same thing. Working with companies like you, that helps me, right? But at the same token, it's something that you need to do hard. I mean, recruitment is a day-to-day job. I always say it's like, you know, you know, my my people are responsible for three R's, right? I mean, revenue, recruitment, and retention. And if you hire the right people, then your retention number will be very low, right? So that's the way it is. So you need to be very, very crucial, diligent in your process. So we have an interview process that we we walk through. We know exactly what we're looking for, uh, but it, and so so that that helps us to find the right people. And quite frankly, uh, the only thing that keeps me awake uh, at night is to make sure we can preserve our culture. And preserve our culture when you grow is something that is very, very important. And the only way you can do that is to make sure you attract the right people. And it starts with the first line management. First line management need to know exactly which kind of people we are we're looking for, so that we hire the right people. You know that fits into our organization in our in our culture. Um, and and that's that's how it that's how it is. I mean, we're looking right now for I don't know twenty reps across the board. And I can I can tell you some of the RDs are very easy to find people. It's because they are busy with it every single day. Some of the regional directors struggle with that because they're they're outsourcing the stuff without being engaged. That's not what you want, right? You want people to be engaged and knowing that people is the primary thing that you need to do for your job. Because our our business, regardless of technology, is about people. You know, hiring the right people that are in front of the customer doing the right thing for the customer and for us, Vectra. Yeah, no, no, I think that's a powerful message as well because I think sometimes that can get lost in in just hiring so many people or certain people. It's about really understanding from literally the, the first level management right up to the senior leadership about, about the people that you're bringing on board. It's, it's brilliant. And I and I and I look at criteria, right? I mean, I, I honestly don't really care about, you know, too much about their, their you know, greats or whatever right i mean for me it's it's very much so about character and the willingness to win and the willingness and desire to learn and to be curious i mean that that is that is what you want and 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 the reality is you know on the cybersecurity space this was a very much sport market and a lot of people they 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 don't want to sometimes work hard for what they need to do because it's it comes like automatically they had choices enough maybe this this down down market that we're having puts us back into basics and put us back with our foot on the ground and be humble. And I need people who are humble in front of my customers. And so I'm very, very picky about making sure that we hire the people that are humble 
but having the right mentality and character to win and do it with the team, right? And not be selfish alone. And that's hard, but but sometimes it takes longer to recruit someone, but that's okay. Yeah. So you, you mentioned a few of them points there about spotting the curiousness of an individual, the character of an individual. How do you go around looking for that when you're interviewing somebody? I mean, there's a, there's there's a lot of interviewing questions that you can do probing. Well, again, it's not only me, right? I mean, at the end of the day, that's why you have four or five interviews, and and everyone needs to need to interview interview a lot. But I mean, you see a lot of you see a lot in the CV if you go and dig into it from their youth, right? I mean, are they, you know, did they do sports? Are they having a winning mentality in in all of the, that? Did they work when they were a student? I mean, all of those particular elements you know create character, right? What was their background? Did they have to fight? for being in a position for that job or not, or was it all automatically by themselves? So, and then the other thing is like always interesting, which questions are they asking me, right? I got a lot of people asking no questions. Well, if they have no question, I mean, there's no way I can hire them, right? Because if you don't ask questions to me, why would you ask a question to an economic buyer when you meet it? It's the same, I'm the economic buyer, right? So. You know there are probes and techniques, and you know that as well. And but 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 I'm out there. You know people need to be curious, man. I mean, you need to know and understanding because they need to listen, right? A lot of a lot of reps need to be listened more to the customer, and that's um, that's one of the things. And you know you can only listen when you're curious. Yeah, no, it's it's amazing. I had um I had a sales uh, SE leader from Fortinet on the other day, John Jacobs, and uh, we was talking about the exact same thing about being mm-hmm. curious and, and and really we was talking about the same thing about hiring more junior people. Um, and what do you look for in that? It's about somebody who's curious, that background of where they're designing things, and that's on the sales engineer right. side. But yeah, no, it's it's an awesome topic, and I think the main key takeaways for anybody listening who's maybe in a junior position or stepping up into a bigger role is just to find that curiosity but no that's uh that's amazing stuff it's, it's curiosity to be also again right willing to learn right it goes hand in hand yeah. willing to learn and, and make mistakes that's okay but willing to learn and, and, and reach out to people and ask questions like okay what could i do better how could i have done better i mean losing a deal is not a big is another we all lose together i mean that's the way it is and that's okay is when you learn from from what did i do wrong what are the things that we could do better and i think i think that's you know, that, that is super important when you're really, really young. I mean, it's not about where you work, it's who you work for, number one. And can you learn from that individual? It's super important. And just just learn from your mistakes and 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 work hard, right? I mean, I you know, it's sometimes strange when I say that, but at the end of the day, you know, work smart, but also it's hard work. It's five to seven here. So I'm I'm up. <laughs> same and it's seven o'clock here on a on a Thursday evening as well but <laughs> but I exactly. guess then, you mentioned a really key thing there about working for who you're working for and um, that's really a key point that I've had throughout the podcast I've done so far but talk to me a little bit about mentorship how can you go over to people and ask them for example about moving into the next position or learning from people how do you find mentors in the industry <clears throat> again being curious you know, again, it goes that, right? I mean, remember my time and you're being curious and you say, hey, by the way, you know, would you help me? What What is the question here? Can you, can you do that? What, you know, what do you, what do you think? I mean, a lot, a lot of, a lot of people in, in, in my position or, or they're, they're happy to help out, right? I mean, we, this is an industry where we, we like to help young people to be more successful. At the end of the day, that's what you do it for. 
I mean, yeah. you don't do it for anything else. I mean, seeing seeing people that have been working for you and having great positions, you know, how wonderful is that, right? Seeing people in your own company being promoted, how wonderful is that? That's what it's all about, right? That's 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 you know you've done a good job. So I think these particular people just just take 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 a call. I mean, you know, and call to people that you know and reach out to them and ask for advice. Most of the people will be okay with that. So that's my that's my 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 advice to uh, to to a lot of youngsters out there, and I I also realize some people have more luck than others in that in that perspective, but you know go to a reception and meet people right and say hey you know it's okay, just be extrovert on that one, it's important. Yeah, no, I like it. I like it a lot. And just about putting yourself out there as well, isn't it? So, no, that's awesome. So another question that I always like to dive into is that first step from sales rep to manager. That's the probably the most, well, everybody I've spoken to is it's yep. the hardest transition um, in the in, in the industry, really. So right. how can you guide free people through that? Um, it's 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 the it's the most difficult one, right? Because you you are from being one of them to not being one of them. Right. And and it's a real big balance. And I remember my first experience with PTC where I was a rep and then I was promoted to district manager. And you need to find that particular balance where at one moment in time, you're still like colleagues, but at the same moment, you know, you need to raise the bar. Right. And so uh, mentorship is very important in that on how you how you actually behave and, and what you need to do. But, you, but your behavior changes completely. So it's a, it's a it's a fine it's a fine thin line of unbalance. A lot of people struggle with that, but I also think that we as management make sometimes mis- mistakes to promote people who are not have the capabilities of being a good leader, because it's not because you have the best sales. I'd say, you know, you're the best sales guy, right? It doesn't mean you're the best sales leader, right? And a lot of times we promote the best sales guy to be the best to to become a sales leader, and we do two two mistakes. One. The sales leader or the sales guy will be a sales leader and it doesn't work and he's going and, he, you know, we miss actually the opportunity for to be in a big, a big, you know, a good sales guy too, right? We miss out. And that's, you know, that I think we need to be careful for. So I'd also us to make sure when we promote people that we look at what are, you know, the qualities of that individual. Does he have empathy? Does he have basically skill set, people skill set in that regards to to get there, right? Is he strategic enough to get there too? And so, you know, if you do that, the chances of making someone successful are way bigger, if that makes sense. It does indeed. It does indeed. And it's a, it's a good topic about not promoting the the top sales leader. That's I think that's in most industries where you think you've done the most revenue, you'll instantly be promoted. For example, that was me back in uh, back when I started my recruitment career into my first role in management, and I had no idea what I was doing, <laughs> but we got there in the end. But anyway, I guess um, Willem, I have one question left for you today. And this is always an interesting one because you have to kind of take it back right to the beginning. But what advice would you give to yourself when you were starting out your career? Ooh. Um, it's a difficult one, um, probably probably many. But I, I think one one advice that I would give me, my, me right now, I would I would I would wish that I would have more patience, right in my in my in my career. Um, I'm really bad at that, um, so um, so that's probably one advice that I I would give my I would give myself um, is to um, yeah sometimes have um, be be more be more patient in uh, in in things. Um, but that's like, I guess, 
you know, we're all, we are what we are, you know, and now I think, you know, we're more rounded when you're like a little bit more, uh, you know, uh, older. Um, but, but that's the only thing that I would say, you know, and my advice to my sons, by the way, is different, right? It's more like, I, I really want to make sure that they roll up their sleeves and work, uh, work, work hard, um, you know, being curious and making sure that they learn and, and, a lot of people, they want to get promoted all the time quick uh, and being in other companies. I'm like, take take your time to learn, right? Take your time to make sure that you work for the right leader and that will be beneficial for your career. And don't, don't miss a step uh, because if you do miss a step, it can go really wrong. And I've seen too many people making too big jumps and then falling back down because they're not able to 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 take that. And that's... That's also up to us leadership to make sure it doesn't happen, but it happens too much. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that's a the powerful message. I think a couple of people have said patience as well. I think um, sales individuals who want, want to get to that next level, sometimes even me being younger myself, just want to get to that next level. But it takes, it's, everything takes time, doesn't it? Yeah, but I mean, you know, you, you, everything takes time, but 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 being, you know, being not patient also helps you to to get there faster. So don't get me wrong, yes. right? It also <laughs> helped me to to get faster in certain certain positions than than the not. So, but 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 you know, it, it it goes it goes both ways. But again, I mean, in my in in my feeling, like it needs to be like you have to be super confident to to be there. But I can tell you, my the first time I got promoted, you know. I uh, that was with PTC and I got a you know I got a you know and and something in my mailbox I will never get it I'm like your numbers are awful fix it and I just started as a manager I'm like okay that's a really good advice so um, anyway I'm I'm not gonna repeat that but uh, but that was my first um, first message as going from a rep to basically a district manager so figure that one out but anyway um, we managed through that so. Yeah, no, for sure. It's a powerful, it's a powerful story and uh, an amazing career as well to get you to where you are today with Vectra. And no, I'm really looking forward to watching from the sidelines and and doing things together over the next few years, Willem. And yeah, exciting times for Vectra for sure. Yeah, no, and listen, I you know for all the people that are listening, and and if you if you really you know are up for a challenge, I mean, uh, I would say look at the Vectra AI webpage, you know what we do, but also look at the pages on uh, you know we're looking for uh, for talent uh, and. You know, we're looking for for people who think. You know, one of the things, though, I mean, and I have to say, you know, Elliot, I, I've seen so many people in the industry that are taking, you know, uh, I would say, um, the med pick and everything like so rigid and so hard. And I think that's good, but we also need to make sure that people that are coming to our organization can think and can think out of the box um, because we need their brains to be better, right? And so, if you're up for a challenge, you know, just call me. <laughs> I love it. Just on that, what are the three points you'd say to somebody wanting to come join Vectra? Well, first, I think we have the best tech in the industry. We're really solving business problems. And thirdly, you will find a team and individuals working together that you've never seen before. And you're going to have fun with it. So I saw that on the, uh, from the event that you guys had a couple of weeks ago as well, which would look pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, I was listen. I mean, this sales kickoff was uh, was great. I mean, but but again, you know, our our motto is customer first, and I think at a sales kickoff, we had our customers at the kickoff. So being full transparent on what we do, and we shared everything with them, and that's uh, that's I think part of our overall culture. And so, 
we have nothing to hide. We want to be transparent to everyone. And, you know, sharing our success with our customers is the most exciting thing. Doing it on your own, it's okay. But doing it with customers and partners, by the way, because we're very, very channel focused, is uh, is way more exciting. We're, we're, you know, this world of cybersecurity is tough, right? We can't do it alone. We have to work together as a team and with other other vendors, by the way, to, to combat, you know, uh, what's out there. Uh, and so sharing successes, you also need to do with your own customers because they want that too. Fantastic. Fantastic stuff, Will. And well, appreciate you coming on today uh, as it's the 10th, 10th episode. It's been a special one, but really, we're really looking forward to working with you in the future and hopefully we can do one again in the time as well. Good luck. Thanks, Elliot. Thanks for having Thank me. All right. Take care, man. Bye-bye.